For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to the Business with Purpose podcast with your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com. This podcast takes you behind the scenes with some of the world's most generous entrepreneurs, from the CEOs of mission-driven brands to directors of small community nonprofits and everything in between. Molly is sitting down with men and women who believe in changing the world not only through their personal lives, but also their professional careers. And now, here's Molly. Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of the Business with Purpose podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. There are almost 28, 29 episodes in the archives that you can tune into and to hear past content. If you are a frequent listener, thank you so much for the support week after week. You have no idea how much I appreciate it. If you would do me a huge favor, just head on over to iTunes or wherever you subscribe to podcasts. And um, would you leave a review of the show? You have no idea how much those reviews mean to me. And it just really helps us grow the show. And it just gives me some feedback. And so I really appreciate it. I would, if I could, I would come through the computer or your phone or whatever device you're listening in and hug your neck in a really nice way. (laughs) My guest today is Rachel Aline Heckman of Rachel Aline Shop. And you guys, Rachel and I, we had a, we had a deep conversation. We got real on this show. I was talking about some stuff from my past. Um, she was talking about what it really means to be an encourager through your business. Uh, but we, we got to the nitty gritty. I love showing you guys business owners who are using their business for good in such a different way than, you know, just working in a developing nation or, you know, running a nonprofit. They're just, they're making a positive impact right where they are. And Rachel is the epitome of that. I know you are going to love this episode and this episode is going to really minister to you. So enjoy my conversation with Rachel. Hey, Rachel, welcome to the show. Hi, Molly. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am just honored to have you on the show. You and I got connected through one of my past guests, Katie of Flourishing Co. Um, How do you know Katie? Tell me how you know Katie. I first connected with her, I think, through like a Facebook group, um, and then she reached out to me about a custom project for before she launched her business, um, and so I kind of met her through that, and then we ended up having like a phone call, and now we're in a mastermind together, so it's kind of gone from potential client to like we talk once a month, if not more, so it's pretty fun. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah. I I mean I love, you know, obviously meeting friends of friends and I, and I always feel like when yeah. I meet somebody who's friends with somebody who I like to call a friend, I'm like, well then we're automatically friends. It's just like it's Definitely. like life math. <laughs> yes. So, Rachel, I would love if you would do what I have all my guests do to start is give us the Rachel 101. Tell us your story and how you got started and um what led you to where you are today. Okay. Well, this part is always a little bit tough for me because I feel like I always forget things or (laughs) I don't say the right thing. So if it doesn't make sense or if it's not super cohesive, I'm so sorry about that. You know what? It's there's no I say in this like it's your story. There's no wrong answer. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, unless it's just like completely made up, then then that's just weird. I don't know why you do that. But (laughs) I'm not making it up. I promise. So my business um, looks really different today than what it looked like when I first started. Um, I did not start traditionally how most people start. However, I am totally a believer in every story is different and it's not about making your story look like other people's stories. But I did not start my business while working another job and then, you know, quit my job and start doing my business more. I... I had recently graduated college, was recently married, and was working a job that I just didn't like. And at the same time, I had taken an online calligraphy course and had been doing some photography on the side. And after a couple weeks of talking with my husband, we just felt like 
I was supposed to quit my job and dive into owning a business. So I remember my first day not working at my job and I was like, okay, I need to figure out what it means to start a business. So (laughs) I read a ton of blogs and I just spent, for the first several months of my business, I spent a lot of my time researching and just figuring out like what the creative industry meant. Um, Because from the outside, I think we're kind of confusing. But then when you're in it, you understand it and you get it and there's certain words you use. But starting out, I had like no idea the creative industry was such a thing. And that like email lists and opt-ins and blog posts were like these huge things to grow your business. So I spent a lot of time just researching and uh, I also focused a lot on growing my Instagram account at that time. And a lot of my projects and clients were like friends of my mom who wanted a custom calligraphy print done or a Christmas card made or some family photos. So I didn't really have much direction in the type of clients that I was reaching. Uh, I did know my vision and mission for my business. So I did know that I always wanted my business to be about encouraging and empowering women, but how that has manifested itself has looked really different in the last two years. Yeah. So I left my job in January of 2015. So it's been a little over two years since I left that job. And I feel like that first year, all of 2015 was just like trial and error, figuring out what I wanted to do, not really making much money, but also like researching and really trying to grow my Instagram account. And so towards the end of that year, I had an idea to sell some ceramic mugs or glass mugs with my calligraphy on them. And so I like handmade them. I made like 12 mugs and I did them with vinyl and tried to sell them. And that was kind of the biggest turning point in my business since I started. I I feel like that was the biggest turning point. And that kind of changed my whole Instagram brand, if you will. It changed my whole direction for my business and kind of turned me into more of a retail business. uh, Because before that, I was trying to do photography and calligraphy. And it was just, I couldn't really find a way to make it be cohesive. Yeah. You just kind of, when you left your job, you just kind of were like, here's some things that I'm good at. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like, I can do that, which I think a lot of people, when you're starting out, it's it's like that. It's like, well, that's a $200 check. I could totally do that. Yeah. And which I think you kind of have to do at the beginning. And then the blessing is when you become more established, then you can say no to those things. Yeah. That's a, I mean, that's a tangent. But I, so then I kind of jumped into retail So I feel like all of last year, 2016, was learning a lot about retail and finding influencers and trying to blog consistently and kind of creating more of a somewhat lifestyle brand. And then in the last couple of months, my business has transitioned a little bit to bring on some education. So I'm offering some coaching now for people and teaching people about Instagram and how I've used that to really grow my business and brand and establish a voice that has set me apart and that has made me known by my images and my captions and my Instagram stories. So helping people run businesses that are heartfelt and that matter and that are not just about a paycheck. While a paycheck is super important and we all should be getting paid, it's not necessarily what brings us fulfillment all the time. So being able to share your life and your story through your business is really important. It is. And so I love to help people with that and coaching that and empowering them to share their stories and um, be the face behind their business and their brand and not be faceless. And then I'm also doing some education for product shop owners and helping them, you know, get their product shop off the ground running. And so I'm really enjoying the new education side of my business. It's really fun. I love to connect more one-on-one with people and see people have breakthroughs and that. So that's been really fun for me recently. That's awesome. So one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the show was when um, Katie connected me with you and I, you know, I was looking at your shop and I was looking at your Instagram. I was just like, yes, this girl so much embodies what I feel like I love to see in business owners. And that's one of the things that I 
you know, I try to tell people and, and I try to do through this podcast is show that um, and I, I've talked about this before, too, when I have other, you know, creative type people on the show that aren't necessarily um, I mean, you do sell a physical product, but a lot of times, you know, mm-hmm. there's this notion or this thought that like you have to work in a developing nation or you have to run some nonprofit or something like that to make a difference in the world when that's those things are great. Those are things I'm super passionate about, but I, not everybody is called to work in a developing nation. Not everyone is called to be a director of a nonprofit. You know, all of us have different creative abilities that I, you know, I'm a strong believer that like all of us were given gifts by the Lord that, that we should be using to, to benefit and to help other people. Um, And you are just somebody who just, I really feel like you epitomize that is that you, you know, you took a little bit of a different approach, you know, that's a huge (laughs) leap of faith to be like, I'm just going to leave my job and start a business. (laughs) You're like, like, it's a little unconventional, but, (laughs) but you know, you, you felt this need now, and and so I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that. Like, what was it mm-hmm. that led you and your husband? Because I'm sure that was a big decision for you guys, especially as a married couple, to to take that leap of faith when there wasn't necessarily something specific that you were going to be diving into. What yeah. what were those conversations like that that led you guys to to say, yeah, this is what needs to happen? Is you need to quit your job? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, we often look back on that time when we were like, what were we thinking? (laughs) But at the same time, um, it was about six months after I had graduated college and about a year after he had graduated college and he was in a career position at that time. And so we figured out, you know, we looked at our finances and we figured out that if worse came to worse and I brought in zero dollars, could we survive? And we, you know, it's a huge blessing to us that we could, that he could fully support us if we needed that to be the situation. Yeah. Um, so I do recognize that that is a huge blessing that a lot of people don't have. And I do not take that lightly. Um, so I'm really grateful that we were blessed with that situation. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't like the decision for me was not this like, oh, I just want to like not work anymore. And I just want to like do something fun. So I'm just going to quit my job and and we'll figure it out. It was really scary. And, um, the main reason we did it was because we felt like it was what God was asking me to do. We felt strongly that, and clearly that he was telling me to quit my job and to, to do this business. Which brings you a lot of peace in one way, but it's also like, what is this going to look like? Like when he tells you to do something or asks you to do something, he's like, he doesn't say like, here's what I'm asking you to do. And then here's the whole rule book and playbook for how that's going to play out. And this is where you'll be in 10 years. It's not like that. It's like, okay, trust me for the next day. And then we'll get through the day after that. Um, So it was a huge leap of faith for us to to do that because when you start out, you're like, I don't even know what to do. Like I said, at the first day I was like, okay, what does this even mean to own a business? Um, so it was really scary and it was really hard in the beginning to, to feel like, oh wow, I thought I could for sure every single month I would have at least four family photography sessions, which would bring in at least $800. And like, that's not how it worked. Like people don't want family sessions all year long. And I didn't have an audience. I only had my friends, family that I knew. So it turned out to be really different than I expected in the beginning financially. But we knew that it's what God wanted me to do. And we've always had faith in that. And my husband has always been like, if I'm 100% in, he's like 110% in. He's always been somewhat more invested I feel like sometimes than I am yeah where like I've had moments where I am crying and saying like I think I should just quit this and he's like nope this is what you're supposed to do this is what you were made to do uh so having him as that support and that really valuable push of like nope you're gonna keep doing this you're not giving up has been really helpful and and just knowing that um, it's really what I'm supposed to be doing just through multiple confirma- confirmations that God was speaking to me in that way. Like the day I quit my job, 
I or the my last day of work at my job. It was either my last day of work or the day I put in my notice. It doesn't really matter. But I hadn't really been talking to a lot of family friends about this. Like it wasn't something that I was like shouting from the rooftops because it happened pretty quickly. And I ran into a family friend who's, you know, like 20 years older than me. And I hadn't even mentioned to him that I was thinking about starting my own business. And he was like, I just, I, you popped into my head today and I feel like you're going to have a career change soon. And I just wanted to tell you that. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I hear you, oh Lord, my, loud and clear. Like, oh I know gosh. that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, so that for me was the, yeah, exactly. that for me was the biggest confirmation. Um, because sometimes you're like, I think I'm feeling this way, but I don't really know for sure. So it was, it was definitely a process and crazy. But now looking back, I think we all can, my family, my husband can all see like, this is totally what God has had for me. And we did not see it coming, but we're also really blessed by it. I love that. I love that. And I think that that, it just adds to your story, you know, and when you, now that you're doing this education piece, you know, you can speak into the lives of other entrepreneurs and other creatives and share like, look, this was not easy. Like, but, uh, you know, I was, I think it was on, um, my episode with Liz Bohannon a couple episodes ago where she and I were talking about like success doesn't happen overnight, but a lot of times, especially in this social media world and we see these Instagram feeds where everything just looks so easy and and effortless and put together and people don't realize like success happens when entrepreneurs push through those tough times and push through those leaps of faith and they just keep showing up and doing the work. Uh, Nobody ever got successful when you just gave up (laughs) or you just give up. No, totally. And like, when you see the people who are successful, often it's like, that's five years in. It's not that they started their business a week ago. Like you are only seeing them right now because they've pushed through those really hard seasons. And now they are getting that recognition and they're being heard and their business is growing. But who was there when, you know, they were screaming from the mountaintops and like no one was listening for two years or you're a writer and you're, you write four books and then your fifth book is a bestseller. You wrote those four books beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think about, I get this question a lot, you know, because people are like, oh, you're a, you're a blogger. Like you blog for a living. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) I know. It's a really strange thing. And they're like, well, I'm like, well, I blogged for, I've been blogging for 10 years, like, but I've only been doing it full time for three. And, you know, like in the beginning, I just, I just kept showing up and I just kept writing posts and eventually somebody wanted to pay me to do what I was already doing. (laughs) And that didn't happen overnight. It hasn't been easy. It's still not easy, but you know, it's, it's a matter of just staying true to yourself and staying true to what you know, and what you believe in. And just, you know, like I said, just showing up and doing the work over and over again. Um, And it's that like life of an entrepreneur. It's like one day you're like, I quit. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. (laughs) And then the next minute you're like, this is awesome. I love, I love what I do. (laughs) Hashtag blessed. Like, (laughs) you know, it's just, it's It's hard. It's so true. I think you have to really keep showing up. I think that's some of the best advice I can give people is you don't like blog for one month and hope that your blog takes off. Like you have to put in time after time. You have to blog consistently. You have to keep blogging. Even if your mom is the only one reading, like you have to keep showing up because then people, I mean, eventually it will take off and then people see like, oh, wow, she like knows what she's doing. She's been doing this for 10 years. Yeah, it's I, I saw one of those memes the other day that and I feel like this can apply to so many things, but it was like, I don't always work out. But when I do, I expect instant results. And it's like, <laughs> yes, yes. But like, I, I hear that so much from bloggers and just other entrepreneurs and stuff. And they're like, well, you know, I wrote this really great blog post. Like, I don't understand why my business isn't taking off or like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, I, I worked really hard on Instagram for like three days. So like, why don't I have 100,000 followers? I'm like, yeah, it's not it's not how it works. Like, you don't, I know you don't lose weight overnight. You don't grow a business overnight. Like, yes, there are in very rare cases overnight successes. But a lot of times you find out, you know, it's just like when somebody wins the lottery, you find out you hear about these people who win the lottery and then they're broke within like a year. And mm-hmm. it's because, you know, but then you you learn about somebody like, 
I don't know, like Warren Buffett, who just right. like, over time has just amassed wealth and he just right. is very smart with his money and he's a good steward of his money. And so he continues to be richer, <laughs> you know, right. but it's not, he wasn't an overnight success, you know, so mm-hmm. you have, um, it's just, yeah, it, it's this mindset shift that I think that we have to continue to to remind people of and like, but we right. live in this microwave culture where we want things yep. instantly and we want things to be quick. Um, I was just going to say that, that we have this expectancy that, or we as Americans or Westerners expect things to happen really quickly. Yeah. And if it doesn't, then like, you know, if people are, if I'm coaching them or if they've bought something on my, like I have a, a guide to starting a heartfelt business And if they don't, you know, in a week start seeing changes, they can get frustrated or think that like it's not good content. And it's, it's not that it's not that the content isn't good. It's that you also have to be willing to put in the time. And that's not what people are always willing to do because we've been trained to microwave food in two minutes or the 15 minute productivity day or whatever we're just we're bombarded with all of these ads that have subconsciously made us expect immediate results and it's really to our detriment because we give up when if you just kept going maybe two more months things would have totally shifted for you yep yep and I'm so I love hearing you say that your husband is an encourager to you because I think that's something that's so important. And I also have an awesome husband. Shout out to my awesome, awesome husband who, you know, just <laughs> who does a really great job of when I'm really hard on myself or I'm really feeling discouraged or, you know, I'm I'm not seeing a lot of times he's a he's the 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 pot in a positive way, the kind of the kick in the pants I need to remind me like you are where you wanted to be two years ago. You're just not where you want right. to be yet. And I'm like, oh, you're right. You know, but I think it's because I'm always looking towards the next thing. And so sometimes I, I don't do a great job of stopping and saying to myself, like, oh, man, like this is I am where I wanted to be. But right. I'm just like I'm always pushing myself. But I think mm-hmm. sometimes it's hard for us to stop and like just soak in and say like, man, I accomplished a goal. Like I'm where I, you know, this was a goal and I reached it, but we get, you know, that can get lost sometimes. Am I the only one that does that? (laughs) No, I totally feel that way too. Like sometimes because as entrepreneurs, I think we are like anyone who is a successful entrepreneur is someone who is very driven, goal oriented, who has high expectations for themselves Yeah, that we when we reach a goal, we're like, well, on to the next. And we don't take that second to pop the champagne and say like, oh, wow, I did a really good job at this. Like yeah. I exceeded this goal or I met this goal, but we are ready to better ourselves and we're ready to make our business even better. That, which is all good. Those are all really good characteristics. And I think entrepreneurs are some of the most amazing people because we are we're driven and we're smart and we we love doing what we do and we're passionate about it. But that can also be to our detriment sometimes because we forget to sit back, relax for a second and also just be grateful for the small things that we have accomplished. Because I remember like when I was starting out and where I'm at right now was like a huge dream of mine. And now in this place that I'm at, it's like, Sometimes it's like, no, it's like not enough, you know, like I want to be doing more. I want to be making more or I, I want more people on my email list or I want more people to read my blog. And, you know, those are good dreams to have or goals to have. But if it takes away from your gratitude and being content with where you're at, that's where I think it can be really tough. And I, I fall into that all the time Yeah, where I, I forget to take a second and celebrate how far I've come because I'm so, we're so driven. So it's this, it's like a catch 22. Oh, totally. Totally. This reminds me, I was, um, this reminds me of one of my favorite quotes, um, by Yvonne Chouinard. He's the founder of Patagonia. And he was like, I know everybody loves Patagonia, but it's like, it's one of those things where Patagonia is such a different brand. Um, They're such a unique company. Their, their motto is so different. Like, I mean, I I listened to a podcast with him um, 
a couple weeks ago, and it was really interesting hearing his perspective on like he didn't want his business to grow. In fact, he wanted his mm-hmm. business to to grow like to not grow and and grow slowly. And um, he was just such a reluctant entrepreneur and a reluctant businessman. But one of my favorite quotes of his is, "If you want to understand the entrepreneur, study the ju- juvenile delinquent. <laughs> the delinquent is saying with his actions, this sucks. I'm going to do my own thing.' <laughs> and I love that because I'm like." Yes, that's exactly what a creative entrepreneur is. And I feel like that just completely embodies everything about a creative entrepreneur is like, this sucks. I'm doing my own thing. (laughs) Just like, just a juvenile delinquent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're total delinquents. We're totally juvenile delinquents. So one of the things that you had mentioned earlier, kind of in your story, and, um, and one of the things that's just so evident through everything you do is how you're really passionate about encouraging women. Um, talk a little bit about that. Where does that come from? I mean, I'm obviously a woman, so duh, um, <laughs> check. Um, but yeah, but what you know, what is it about encouraging women, um, and what is it about um, you know bringing that into your business that motivates you? And um, where did kind of where did that passion come from? And um, and what do you kind of hope to do with that? You know what I mean? Right. Um, I think it comes from, I sometimes like to tell people where we are weak is where we're most passionate. So like feeling empowered is one of my weaknesses where I doubt myself constantly and I'm not confident and I've battled insecurities my whole life, which I think a lot of women have. Um, And so I've, it's almost been this, way of the Lord healing my life of having me be brave by sharing my story and being honest in a way to become more confident and to become more empowered. So I feel like a big portion of that dream and vision and mission behind my business to empower women and to encourage women and and to challenge women to be brave is because that's what I want. Yeah. I want to feel empowered and brave and I'm not naturally that way. And so if I'm telling the world that this is the mission and vision behind my business, then I have to do it. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I don't have a choice. And it may, it has, I, I have seen the most growth in my personal life since I started my business because I've had this accountability to make brave decisions and yeah. to step out of my comfort zone, which is not. I think people sometimes see online and it's like, oh, it's so easy for her to be brave or it's so easy for her to feel confident, but it's not. Like, it's yeah. not easy at all. Um, and that's why I do it because I need it, yeah. um, which I, I think a lot of people don't always realize. So that's where that comes from. And it's hard, man. It's really hard to continually choose that because sometimes I just – I. I don't want to be brave. <laughs> oh, girl, girl, yeah. preach, preach. Yeah. Um, if you don't mind me asking, and if and if this is too personal, I totally understand. Was it, you know, I mean, a lot of women struggle with um, with these types of things and self esteem issues growing up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm speaking, I'm speaking from personal experience, and this is something I I share openly about of just, you know, growing up. Um, like in elementary school, middle school, like I was tormented. Like I had groups of kids just, I was so bullied. It was awful. (laughs) And I really started to, you know, but I struggled with some other things and that kind of all fed into that, um, those self-esteem issues. And, um, but as I've gotten older, like it's, it's interesting. I was having this conversation the other day with somebody and I was like, even, you know, I'm in my thirties and I, I'm the biggest size I've ever been, thanks to kids. Um, and, uh, but I am the most confident in my body that I've ever been because I'm like, mm. look at what my body can do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, even when I was running, I, I, you know, I was running regularly and I ran a half marathon and, you know, I was th- three, four sizes smaller than I am now. I just, I felt terrible about myself. But I think it's because I was looking for, I was, trying to find my identity in things that didn't make, didn't actually fulfill me. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't really walking with the Lord. I wasn't, you know, I was struggling with a lot of um, financial issues. I mean, I was just, I was in a broken place, but once I really kind of just started 
piece by piece letting go of things and trying to surrender them to God, it was all of a sudden like, oh, man, like, look at all that God has blessed me with, you know? And um, and I still struggle for sure. And a lot of it, like I said, a lot of it kind of stems back to, you know, that time and growing up where I just had these like negative the negative negativity was getting to me. Um, mm-hmm. Are those things that you also kind of struggled with or where, you know, you said being brave for you is really hard. Um, do you mind kind of sharing where that kind of comes from and, and what are some of the things that you've sort of faced and had to overcome? Yeah, I think so. I was, uh, I was actually homeschooled for elementary school with my sisters, but we did have we interact with a lot of friends, so I'm, yeah. I swear I'm not socially awkward. No, I, I have friends normal. from college who were hold, homeschooled, so. <laughs> um, so I didn't really face any sort of bullying-type situations, but I did face – I mean, I have two older sisters, and I'm really naturally a competitive person, and I think that though that combination and then also having some specific type of – young girlfriends in my life that, you know, you're young and you're immature and you act out of your own issues. Yeah. All of that piled together created an environment for me of just feeling really insecure. And part of it was a specific friendship that I had that, uh, just her own issues, the way of her coping was to put me down. So I think that that played into it. And then I, I am a naturally competitive person and uh, compare myself to everyone and everything constantly and think that whatever I'm doing is never good enough or not the best. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's like that combination of the, my personality, certain friendships I had, and then being the youngest of two sisters who are amazing. Yeah. Uh, just internally that can create such an unhealthy environment in your head of never being enough or not being pretty enough or not yeah. being smart enough or not making the right decisions or not attracting the right boys or things like that. So, I mean, yeah, it's adolescence is hard. And unfortunately, I feel like it's the start of where those insecurities come from. Yeah. And then we're left wrestling through them in our 20s and our 30s potentially. Yeah. And it's just, it starts when we're young and we're not old enough to like move past it and let it go and not care what people think or say about us. Cause I care a lot less of what people say or think about me now than I did 10 years ago, but people don't have as much of an effect on me now. So I don't really have any new insecurities coming from this age. It's more the insecurities that started, you know, 10, 12 years ago that somehow still trigger you when you're older and yeah, it's just hard as women. We we naturally compare ourselves and the media tells us things that we should do or ways that we should look or how we should dress. And if you don't look like that, then the natu- it's like our mind is naturally inclined to tell us that we're not good enough. Yeah. And to be able to conquer that is hard enough. So for me, being able to conquer it has gotten easier when I've asked other people to do it with me, when I've you know, shared about issues that I've faced or struggles that I've had, it's like people can find comfort in that because I'm not perfect. And they don't see me and know like, well, Rachel has the perfect life. I'll never compare to her. I can't really connect with her on a level. And I think that's honestly what's helped in my business is I haven't portrayed this perfect status. And so people feel like they can have a connection with me. Yeah. Yeah. I heard, um, an interview a couple years ago with Adele, the singer. Yeah. And um, she talked about how, because you know how people always talk about size in the media. And I don't know if the interviewer asked her about her size or she brought it up, but she said she thinks that her like normal body size uh, has actually worked to help her have success because she, her uh, listeners and her fans can see themselves in her. Yeah. And they can see her success they almost feel like they share in her success because she isn't stick skinny blonde hollywood singer yeah she's a normal woman who fluctuates and doesn't look one way and she says like that has worked to my benefit yeah which i think the media tells us that those kind of things work against us 
Um, and so I just loved how she said that. And I was like, it's true. Like when we share about, you know, I, I hate to say imperfections because she's not imperfect, but what the media says is imperfections. And when we own those things, it, it gives people a place to land. Yes. And, um, when I share my, you know, non-perfect life, it gives people a place to feel comfortable and to land and be like, Oh, me too. I'm not alone. I love that. And I completely agree. And I think that is also one of the things that I love. I mean, well, I love Adele for a lot of reasons. (laughs) But I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't love Adele? Right? Who doesn't? Um, But yes. And then I think it's because I connect with her on so many different levels. I love the way that she, um, just the way that she carries herself. And yes, totally. Um, So I want to ask you about um, less hustle, more grace. So you started this hashtag on Instagram that's hashtag less hustle, more grace. Tell me about that. And where did that come from? And what um, what what does that what is that community doing? So I started that probably like six months into my business where I I can easily get overwhelmed. I'm. I love to do a lot of things, but I can get overwhelmed because I put 20 things on my to-do list for one day and I want to get them all done, even though I literally am not able to. And that's just kind of how I function. And I try and put less things on my to-do list, but I never do. And I always yeah. have too many things on my list. Yeah. Um, so it came from a place of me starting to understand the creative industry a little bit more and um, seeing this constant theme in posts of people that I was following of like, I'm so busy, I'm hustling so hard today, I've been working so hard. And it made me feel so icky when I would read those posts and um, kind of opposite of what we were just talking about. Like it didn't make me feel a safe place to land. It made me feel like, oh, well, they have more clients or, they have more business or they're working harder than I am. And I'm super tired today and I'm working on the couch and I'm not at my desk. And, um, so I, I noticed that I didn't love how those type, that type of language was making me feel. And I was like, well, I'm sure other people feel this way. And I, so I think part of it came from a, a place of me wanting to validate my feeling yeah. in a way of like, I can't be alone in feeling like, I don't want to hustle or I shouldn't hustle because the hustle I think is such a like false sense of success. It's really just a state of being and and you're just moving around super quickly and trying to do a ton of stuff at one time. And it's not helpful. Like it doesn't mean you're running a successful business or you're making a ton of money. It just means that you don't have very good boundaries and you're going crazy mentally. Yep. Yep. Um, so I posted a picture, I think with that, uh, with a quote, I didn't even say less hustle, more grace in the quote. It was like, um, something about wanting to ditch the hustle and embrace grace. And I, then I hashtag less hustle, more grace. And I got a huge response on it. Like people being like, Oh my gosh, I love this hashtag. This is amazing. So then I kind of took it off from there and, you know, asked people to, to post about it or share why they want to ditch the hustle and uh, started blogging about it kind of regularly. So, which has been really fun to like see how many people resonate with that. And that um, it's like, as I was saying, it's a place for them to land of like, Oh, I don't have to hustle. That doesn't mean I'm not productive. It doesn't mean I'm not doing big things, but you don't have to hustle in order to be productive. You can totally be productive. I'm productive all the time but I'm not hustling. Hustling for me is like, for when I think of hustling, I think of like shortness of breath and feeling really stressed out and not really having a mental state where you feel focused. You're just like moving from one thing to the next and you're unable to really be present with what you're doing because you're just so frazzled. And I didn't, I never wanted that. So it was just a way for me to kind of valid, try and validate like, I can be successful without hustling, right? Kind of like asking that to the creative industry and then getting that type of response was 
really validating. And then I was like, oh, this, like this people can resonate with this. I can, you know, I could, I could lead something like this. I could, you know, encourage people to post it about this. So that was kind of the start of me really uh, vocally trying to use my voice and my platform to connect with women and to empower women. Yeah. So that was, yeah, it's been fun. I honestly, to be honest, I haven't blogged about it in a long time and, um, I have not been done my best at continuing to post about it. Cause I feel like there's so many things I have to market right now, but no, yeah. it's still something on my website and things that I do talk about from here and there. So I, I still really value it. I don't think I can accurately put into words how much I love what you just said, because I think you articulated for the first time for me, what I have felt and thought so much over the last couple of years. And I'm about to be real transparent and real, real, real for a minute. Let's have, let's have, let's have real talk for a minute. It's your other hashtag. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hashtag real talk. Um, well, I loved what you said first about how, when you kept seeing this, like, hashtag hustle, hashtag hustle, like, and it made you feel icky. And I actually did a blog post a couple years ago on telling people to stop falling into the the busy trap and mm-hmm. making I'm busy become this, like, almost, like, badge of honor. Stop wearing busy as a badge of honor. Because it was, like, I, I was seeing this pattern of people who were just like, how are you? Busy. How, how you doing? Yeah. Busy. How you been? Oh, busy. Like it was just mm-hmm. like busy was always this answer that everybody had. And I just, I was just like, wh- when did we all get busy? Like, why are we all busy? I mean, I get it. Life is busy. I mean, and now I look back, I'm like, that wasn't busy. Like I have two kids now. That's busy. Like I'm working, I work from home and I have two children under the age of three. You want to know busy? Like, but, but now when people ask me how I'm doing, like I really try to, and very intentionally not say I'm busy, but just say like, you know, just, just try to answer the question honestly. Um, either, you know, I'm doing really great. You know, the kids are good. Business is good. Or, or, you know, I'm having a really hard week this week, you know, (laughs) just to be honest, you know, Lily is really three right now, (laughs) you know, and and just, but just answer the question honestly, because I think sometimes it throws people off when you answer, how are you with how you actually are? Um, because I think, and that's a conversation for another moment, but, you know, I, sometimes we get in this habit of just saying, how are you? as just like a default thing and we don't actually care how people are. Um, yes. But I try to do a good job of asking somebody how they are and really meaning it. Like, how are you? And, um, and listening. And then on the flip side, when somebody asks me, also answering honestly. Um, but kind of going back to what I was going to say is before I met my husband – And not long after I moved to North Carolina, um, or when I moved to North Carolina, I was in another relationship and, you know, just, but I, I'd been in some just not great relationships prior to the relationship that I had with my husband. And I'm not saying that they were all bad all the time, but, you know, they just weren't necessarily the most empowering relationships, if that makes sense. And I don't want to like speak negatively about anybody, but just, this is just the reality of it. Um, But a guy I was actually in a previous relationship with before I met my husband, like, his whole mantra was hustling. Like he had his own mm. like hustle hashtag and that, and like would just work all hours of the night, like literally just like pull all nighters all the time. Um, and just when like something work related would come up, like if I was around and there was like something work related going on, it was like I – he wouldn't like talk to me mm. <laughs> and even I'm like we're in a relationship like this is really yeah. weird and I and I remember thinking like this is weird but I I and I and I just felt something didn't feel right about it and but it was almost like everybody else in that world was like oh yeah yeah the hustle the hustle the hustle and it was like this glorification of hustling and mm. I to this day, I mean, really, until you just said it, I was just like, I, I don't think I'd really ever thought about the fact that, like, yeah, it just it felt wrong. Like, I was just like, wait, is that what you have to do in order to be successful in business? Do you have to hustle to that degree mm, to where you're yeah. pulling all nighters all the time or, you know, blowing off people that in your personal life that you are supposed to care about 
for the sake of work. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, and so I, but I think subconsciously I have tried to not do that in my business and that, but I mean, and definitely actually wrote a blog post about this recently about how I, I'm sort of feeling this struggle now that Amos, my son, he just turned a year and he's, you know, he's not walking yet, but he's like really close. He's just into everything. And my three-year-old doesn't nap anymore. And my one-year-old, like his naps are getting shorter and I work from home and I don't, you know, other than my daughter being in preschool a couple hours in the mornings, a couple days a week, like I don't have help <laughs> at home. I mean, like during the day, obviously, obviously my husband, but he, he's at work. And so I feel this constant struggle of like, should I be playing another game of dress up or should I be answering this email? Right. And that's a, that's, uh, you know, should I be pulling an all nighter and sacrificing time with my very important time with my husband or should I be working on this blog post? Um, mm-hmm. And that's a really hard balance to strike. And it's a strike that I just don't feel like I am meeting right now. But I also mm-hmm. at the same time, like, I don't, I don't want to hustle. Like I don't want to sacrifice my precious time with my kids and precious time with my husband for the sake of my business. I'm not saying that like hustling altogether is bad. Like you should work hard, but I think there's a difference yeah. like you were saying, like there's a difference between hustling and being a hard worker. Definitely. And I love the way you articulated of like, there's this image of hustling as like being out of breath, being in a hurry all the time. And like, yes, pre-. like as you were talking, I was just like, yes, preach. Because I really don't think that I think that is truly the first time that I've ever heard it articulated it articulated that way. So, anyway, that's sort of I got a little I got like started talking about some stuff from a past that I didn't think I was going to talk about. <laughs> but true, I mean, really, I like, love that. Thank you for for sharing that. I mean, you just like I, I know you're going to minister to somebody who's listening, but um, you really like yeah. you ministered to me just now. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure. I mean, I really think. I felt that way. I was like, well, my business isn't going to be successful unless I hustle. And I think yeah. that's a huge lie that people fall into. Yes. And I think some of the best things you can do for your business is take time off. When I yes. actually take time off during the weekend, I come back with so many better ideas, with way more focus yes. and way more productivity than if I work a little bit on Saturday and work a little bit on Sunday and check my email all weekend long. I wait, I start Monday and I'm like, I haven't even had a break. Like, I don't, I don't want to get back into this. Yeah. So I think rest can be one of the best things for you, your business, your bottom line, your marriage, your kids. Like we all need to take time away and, and there's nothing wrong with that. And taking time off and resting and not hustling is not a weakness. I think yes. it's actually a strength. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I just keep, I just like keep sitting here like nobody you can't see me but I'm nodding my head. I'm nodding my <laughs> head a lot because like, I'm just like yes, totally. Yeah, and I think just like what I was saying before it's just there's yeah, there's this difference that I think we need to articulate to people that there is a difference between hustling and and working hard and having a strong work ethic. Like you mm-hmm. can work hard and have a really productive work ethic and 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 you know, go the extra step and keep showing up without hustling. You can do that without hustling um, and sacrificing yes. parts of your business um, that or parts of your life for your business. Yeah. And I realize that may, maybe there are some people that will disagree, but I, you know, I don't know. I just, you're right. The, the people that I see, they're like, look at all my hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't, are you, are you okay? Like, <laughs> right. I always wonder, I'm like, oh, you need to, feel validated by your work. That's really sad. Yeah. And there was um do you know Gary Vaynerchuk? Gary V. I don't. So no. Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, um he's he's this like I don't really know how to describe him. He's got like over a million followers on Instagram. I yeah, I've I've Oh wait, of, is that um He's the guy who's like he uses a lot of bad language. So I don't <laughs> Okay, I think I know who you're talking about now. Does he go by Gary V? Gary V. Yeah, Gary V. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. So Gary V. I I take a lot of his. Some people love him, and if you're listening and you're like, I love Gary V. I'm like, I don't worry. I'm not gonna like say anything bad about Gary V. But <laughs> I, I I'm one of those people like where I agree with some things he does, and then other things I'm like, eh, I don't know, because like I was 
watching one of his videos the other day and he was answering a reader question and it was something to the effect of like, you know, a question about, you know, how, how do you grow a business in your 20s and, um, you know, something like that about, you know, it was basically like, you know, I want to work hard and, um, but I also, you know, I don't want to lose out on, you know, this time in my life. And Gary said something about like, you want to grow your business? Like, I didn't do anything from age 22 to 29. Like, I just worked seven days a week, you know, 30 hours a day. (laughs) And I was just like, that, why are you telling people to do that? Like, that's not, like, that's... I I get that that might work for some people, but I'm like, that's why, why, why? <laughs> like you right. can still grow a successful business and not work seven days a week, twenty four hours a day, for you know nine years. Like I don't I don't know. So I I I totally agree. Yeah. So I love the less hustle more grace. This is a hashtag I'm going to integrate into my awesome. own life. So Rachel, thank you for that. <laughs> Of course. Uh, I love it. So I also want to, this I think goes a little bit along with, you have um, something that you have on your site, and I actually just signed up for it because I want to I take it. I want to see what it is, um, is your heartfelt Instagram. Can you talk a little yes. bit about that? Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, I led an online Instagram challenge called the Heartfelt Grid, and it's all about, um, like you get an email prompt every morning for five days. And you, I send you an email and I give you a little challenge to post on your Instagram. And it's all about sharing more about you and viewing your Instagram as giving back to an audience rather than taking from them, yes. if you will. Um, so it's just kind of a different approach to Instagram rather than like grow your Instagram by 12,000 followers overnight. Like that's not what it's about. Yeah. It's about um, creating a heartfelt Instagram feed that, you know, makes you feel good about yourself on the inside and not feel icky, which then I think also does increase your followers, your likes, your comments. Um, so I hosted that a couple weeks ago, but you can still sign up for it. So like you said, you just signed up for it yeah. and you'll get all those emails and you'll have that content, which is really awesome. And you can save those emails and look back on them and, um, it's just my kind of tried and true secrets of how I craft captions to connect with people and the certain types of photos that I post and why I post them. And so it was super fun to, to do that challenge. It was way bigger than I thought it would be, which was fun, but really overwhelming at the same time. It was a lot of work, Yeah. but I loved it. So you can sign up on my website, the heartfelt grid. Anyone can do it. You can go at your own pace. You can do it over the course of a month. I mean, you if you save the emails, you'll have the content. So you can make it work for your life. I'm so excited because this is so much of what, um, you know, I sometimes it's hard for me. And like we were talking earlier about the comparison game. Um, I sometimes struggle with this because I'll see, you know, I've been, like I said, I've been blogging for a long time. I got an Instagram account when Instagram started, like and basically, I thought Instagram was just this like app where you could add the funky filters to your pictures. <laughs> yeah. Like my, if I look at my earlier pictures, I'm like, oh dear lord! Like what? <laughs> like all my yeah. early pictures are just like 19 pictures from the same place, and they all have the Nashville filter on them. Like they're just, <laughs> you know, like they're just. That's what I thought Instagram was. Like I didn't, you know. I didn't understand really the point of it. And I think that that was a lot of people what a lot of people thought that that was what Instagram was, too. But it's been hard for me because I, you know, it's taken a really long time for me to grow my Instagram account. But I've never, you know, and I sometimes see these other bloggers or other people who have a similar niche to me and they'll have 30, 40, 50, 60,000 followers. And I'm just like, what are they doing that I'm not, you know, and and that's hard because like. I've really tried to very to similar to like what you were saying is I just I've tried to stay true to me and I've tried to stay true to my content and um, be encouraging and I'm you know I'm not going to go out and buy followers I'm not going to go out and buy likes like I'm going to try it's going to be slow it's going to be a a process over time but um, yeah so I'm excited to take your your challenge because this is like exactly do it yeah so I'll, I'll have to um post later and let you know or I'll, I'll send you a message and let you know how it's going <laughs> 
Please do. Um, so as we kind of wrap up here, Rachel, what is on the the docket, if you will, for 2017 what are your what are your hopes and dreams I know that's a very broad question what what are your hopes and dreams for this year uh well I don't know if you know this but I am with child I'm pregnant (gasps) congratulations I don't know I did not know that yeah I don't talk about it a ton online um so I'm due in July oh my gosh Yes, which makes my goals and dreams for this year a little different than they've ever been before. Well, yeah. So um, I'm working hard right now to kind of get my business in order for maternity leave and just having a, another human in my life. Um, and so I feel like I'm focusing a lot on streamlining a lot of stuff in my business and just like behind the scenes stuff to get really organized and planning really far ahead, which is not always my strength, uh, but I'm trying to do that. Um, And like above all, my goals for this year are to just slow down a little bit um, and get ready for this new transition. And I feel like I've kind of realized that the second half of the year is not going to be a massive business year for me. Um, and I'm going to just really be figuring out how to be a mom and a business owner. Yep. And so I've given myself grace to know that that's going to take longer than I think it will. <laughs> yeah. So. Sorry if uh, I scared you off there just a few minutes ago when I was like, so I don't know how to be a mom and a business owner. And I'm three and a half I, years into this. I, uh, but see, I appreciate the honesty. I would, <laughs> it would be really frustrating to me if you were like, no, you'll be fine. Yeah. And then I get to it and I'm like, no, you're lying to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hard. Oh, it's real hard. Uh, it's real hard. Um, but yeah. it, you know, it's a, it is a process and it's a, you just kind of take it a day at a time and it's different for everyone. I know I have a couple other mom friends who also work from home and you know, it looks different for everybody. Um, but I, you know, I am, I'm coming to terms right now with that I need help. And so that's, I think the, the process I'm in right now is trying to figure out what's that, what is that going to look like? Like, do I hire a part-time nanny? Like, I just, I don't know. That sounds weird to me to say that, but then like, am I, yeah. you know, do I get a babysitter? Like, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like, but I know that something got to change. <laughs> so, right. um, and I just, yeah, I don't know what that looks like. And, um, cause like I was in a really good routine with Lily when, before Amos was born, like, she was still napping. She was in preschool two days a week. So it was like two mornings a week. I, you know, I knew I had a couple hours to myself. Then I had her. She was so consistent with her nap times in the afternoon that I was like, yes, like I've got this, you know, sort of one to five o'clock range that I know I can just like I can hustle, <laughs> not in a, not in the out of breath way, but like I can get to work and work while she's napping. And then my son was born and that was just like here's the monkey wrench and um then my daughter's like "Ah, I'm gonna give up naps I was like oh my goodness you know and so now it just yeah it totally but I will say like um the early stages like the early days when they're little and all they do is like sleep and eat and poop and cry like that's actually the really easy time it's like once once they get <laughs> mobile and like they're you're all of a sudden turning around and um they're they've like knocked everything off the shelves and they're taking things off out of your desk drawers and like, yeah that's when you're like okay well i'm gonna need some type of boundaries because right <laughs> So, yep. well, I am so excited for you. Congratulations. Thank you. Are you guys yeah, finding out excited. a boy or a girl? We are having a boy. Oh, my gosh. That's so awesome. Yeah. And I realized yeah, that I would have said the same thing if it was a girl because I have one of each. So I know, right? Yeah. And I was really worried about having a boy. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with a boy. Like, I love having a girl so much. And my son is like, oh my gosh, he's my little snuggle muffin, and I just want yeah. to squeeze his cheeks all day long. And like, he's just—he's so the fun. best. He's the best. So, congratulations! Thank you. You're very excited. So, how can people best connect with you online? 
You can find me um, on my website at rachelaline.com, and Aline is spelled A-L-L-E-N-E, and then my Instagram is the same, Rachel Aline, but there is an underscore in between Rachel and Aline, so it's Rachel underscore Aline, and then on my website is all the links to my blog and the Heartfelt Grid and my shop, my online shop, so everything is pretty much on my website. Uh, and Instagram. So that's the best way to find me. Perfect. Well, I will make sure to have all of your links in the show notes. So folks, you guys can check that out um, in the show notes, both on my blog and on iTunes. And uh, Rachel, thank you. I can't thank you enough for being on here. It was just truly a pleasure to talk with you. And you really, like I said, girl, you ministered to me. You were preaching. We were, we were having church up in here. So I just, I really, really appreciate it. And um, I know that what you, a lot of what you shared is going to really bless a lot of people. Well, thank you. It was so much fun to be here. I loved it. Okay, guys, how much did you love my conversation with Rachel? She and I, we just, we connected and I just really appreciated how honest and how heartfelt she was. I am so inspired by her. I love what she is doing with her business and what she's doing just to grow just a very heartfelt, very transparent and very real, you know, Instagram feed and just the way she's growing her business and that hashtag less hustle more grace. Yes. Yes. I need a shirt that says that. I need a print that says that. I need it on all the things because that is, that just spoke to me so much. So If you guys liked this episode, please be sure to uh, leave a comment on Rachel's Instagram or my Instagram. She is at Rachel underscore Aline, A-L-L-E-N-E, and I am at Still Being Molly. And just let her know what this episode meant to you. And as always, you know, if you guys could share the show with a friend, that's that means the world to me. So thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.